Last week we started by reading Psalm 120 of the one of the 15 of the Ascent Psalms. I don't know if you remember, um, we talked about those Ascent Psalms. They're songs or prayers that the pilgrims would be reciting, singing, chanting, on their way from Jericho to Jerusalem uh, for festivals at the temple that occurred three major festivals every year. So people from all over Israel would make that journey. And the primary way of coming, especially from Galilee, because you didn't want to go through Samaria, it was heathens, <laughs> so you went along the Jordan River um, south, and then you worked your way back up the mountain to, to Jerusalem. And it was a climb, 3,300 feet elevation from Jericho to Jerusalem, even though it was only 14 miles. They prepare us for worship, these Psalms of Ascent. And worship is what we need. Last week, we talked about repentance, turning back to God. This week, we will look at Psalm 121, and we will focus on the covenant of God. The covenant of God is that God will be your guardian. Psalm 121. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from them? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord watches over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Last week we talked about turning away from the world and turning back to God. So after reflecting that, on that for a week, I wanted to just double check to make sure that everything was going perfectly now. You don't have any more problems. There's no concerns in the world uh, because you've turned away from the world and you've turned back to God. Isn't that how we think it's supposed to work? I think what this psalm teaches us is that we too often look in the wrong places for help. There are three ways in this psalm that we lose our footing, where we stumble, where we lose sight of God and we look to the wrong things. We stumble like when our foot slips on a rock when we're hiking. That's the first way. The second way is that we can suffer from the heat of the sun during the day, and we know that well here in the valley of the sun. It's called heat stroke, dehydration, exhaustion, impacts upon our nervous system. 
but they also believed that you could suffer from moonstroke. <laughs> and there's not too much scientific evidence. I, I actually found one abstract that talked about moonstroke, but the way that they understood it 2,500 years ago was that moonstroke caused internal bleeding, uh, it created diseased organs, and you got moonstroke because you were under the rays of the full moon too often. And so get those moon rays on you, you could get moonstruck just like you could get sunstroke. Well, those were the three ways that the psalmist talks about how we, how we stumble. Eugene Peterson shared a story of when he was mowing his yard one year, he needed to sharpen the blades. And so he was working, he had the, out in the yard, he had the lawnmower up on its side, he had a wrench, and he was trying to get the, the wrench to loosen the bolt so he could get the blades off. And he was using all of the force and all of the leverage that he could find. And he wasn't making any headway. He said that one of his neighbors came over to him and said, you know, I, I think I used to have a lawnmower like that. Leave it to a preacher to have an old-fashioned lawnmower. And he said, what I remembered about that old lawnmower was that the bolts turned in the opposite direction. And so <laughs> Eugene Peterson said that he flipped around his wrench and he started cranking the other way, and sure enough, the thing loosened up and he got the blades off. He said his friend was very kind in telling him that he'd been doing it the wrong way. And Peterson's view of this psalm is that this psalm tells us that we've been looking to the wrong things the wrong way. So we have these ways that we lose track, we lose focus, we, we need God because the Lord, the Lord watches over you so that you will not stumble. He promises to shade you from the sun so you will not suffer from heat stroke. He is your protective shade from not just the sun, but those devilish moon rays. You may look up to the mountains for help because that's how the psalm begins. I look up to the mountains, or the other translation that we may be familiar with, I look up to the hills. I look up to those mountains. I look up to those hills. But where does my help come from? Does it come from there? The psalmist poses the question. During the time of Israel, the place was overrun by pagan worship. This is the period of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. If you remember anything about this story in 1 Kings, Ahab married Jezebel, who was not an Israelite. She introduced Ahab to all this foreign worship of foreign gods. And they were gods of fertility and creation, and, but they were not the god. They had multiple gods. They had shrines. They had prostitutes outside of the shrines. They had idols. They had images. They had spells and incantations. And all of these shrines and all of this clutter was built up on the hills 
on the mountains because they believed that's where God was. And so when the psalmist asked the question, I look up to the mountains, does that, is that where my help comes from? He's asking the question because his answer is no. No, not from the mountains, not from the shrines, not from the fertility gods. My help, my help comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord God. But that is not where your help comes from, these mountains. It comes from the Lord. In 1 Kings 18, there's this wonderful story about Elijah, the, the great prophet, on uh, Mount Carmel. And it's, um, it's been three years since the drought has hit Israel. The place is dry. Ahab calls forth Obadiah, who's the head of the temple worship. He still worships the Lord God. He's a good, faithful man. And so he's looking for a little grass somewhere where the king's cattle can feed. That's his responsibility is to take half of them. King Ahab has taken the other half, and they're looking for creeks and creeks and streams, anything that might have a trickle of water where there might be a little bit of grass. And lo and behold, Ahab, who's on a different trajectory than, um, than Obadiah, Obadiah runs into Elijah. And Elijah says to Obadiah, he says, go to Ahab and tell him that I want to meet him. And Obadiah says, no way. No, thank you, sir. I am not taking him that message because I will, I will die. And Elijah said, why would you die? He says, because I'll go tell Ahab that you're here, you want to meet him. By the time he gets here, the, the spirit will take you away again. And you won't be here. And then Ahab will be angry with me and he'll kill me. And so Elijah said, I promise you, I will be here. Go bring Ahab. So Ahab gets there, and Obadiah tells him that he has been looking to the wrong God. And he says, and I want to prove to you once and for all that there is only one God of Israel, and I represent that true God. So go get the prophets of Baal, all 450 of them that are left. And he said, bring them up to Mount Carmel. Bring a couple of cattle, because we're each going to sacrifice one. And whichever one gets consumed by fire from God first, that God is the one true God. So they get the prophets of Baal up the mountain, two cattle. And so... Elijah tells Ahab, okay, tell your prophets to sacrifice their cow. So they build a, a little altar. They sacrifice the cow. They put it on the altar. And then um, they call upon their God to bring fire down and to burn up the, the, the sacrifice. It's dry. should happen, right? I mean, there's, they can't use flames or anything. But if this true God is there, he'll make it burn. So they wait, and Elijah has a little fun with them. He said, well, maybe, maybe he's out for dinner. 
Um, maybe your God uh, fell asleep. Um, I know he's in the bathroom. <laughs> That's actually in the Bible. He's relieving himself. Um, so Elijah goes through all these, all these uh, options for their God of why he has not been coming down and creating a fire so that their sacrifice will burn. And then so he gets them whipped up into a frenzy. Well, dance harder. You're not dancing hard enough. <laughs> so they start dancing harder. They even start cutting themselves. And the sacrifice is never burned. So Elijah says, all right, give me the other cow. So he takes the other cow, takes 12 stones, rebuilds the altar because they've destroyed the altar of God on Mount Carmel. He rebuilds the altar with these 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sacrifices the cow, puts it on the altar, digs a trench around the altar, great big trench. Then he orders the people to go and get him four jugs of water. And so they go get him four jugs of water. And he takes the first jug and he pours it over the cow. And he says, all right, bring me a second jug. And so he takes the second jug and he pours that one over the cow. And there's water flowing everywhere. He takes the third jug and he throws that over the cow. And there's enough water now that the whole trench is filled. He didn't need the fourth one. So then he prays to God. Now this should not burn. This sacrifice is soaking wet. There's nothing combustible left here. And it's on stone, it's not on wood. So he prays to God, and a flash of lightning comes down and it consumes the sacrifice. The cow, even the stones, it says the dust, everything was consumed by fire. And then Elijah looks to Ahab and he says, now, who is the one true God? So there'll be lots of offers for us to worship other gods. But Elijah reminds us that there's only one. And this psalm reminds us that it's not the mountains, but it's the Lord who created the mountains. There is only one true God, and that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There is only one true God, and he is the God that is revealed to us in Jesus Christ. So where does your strength come from? Does it come from the Lord? God rejects the worship of creation. We are not called to worship creation. We are called to worship the creator, the redeemer, and the sanctifier. Because it is this creator God who will guard you and me from all evil. Life leaves even Christians, maybe especially Christians, into trouble. Illness, bad choices on our own part, strongholds of the evil one. That is why we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And that is what this psalm says God has promised to do. He has a covenant with us. He 
He is our God, and he will be our God. He will remain our God, and he'll be present with us. Three times it tells us that God watches over us. Three times it tells us that God is our guardian. Do not fear. Look up, but not to the hills. Look up to God, the God who made heaven and earth. Amen.